Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Demartini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on here. We have got an amazing show for you today. Um, one of the things I just want to say to everybody is, Benny, Benny, Benny and Jacob, you guys have heard me talk a lot about the History Channel on television here recently. Um, and you've also heard me talk about how fascinated I have been in studying my newly founded roots in South America. And I'm not going to even go into that story because people just tell me that is the weirdest thing. Yes, my family had secrets. But what if you are Carol? What if you're Carol Nerd? What if you are this amazing woman that's not just interested in things, but is somebody that has been in the world and been of the world and understanding how a move or first move to Micronesia Peace Corps, volunteer in 1969, how that event can change, can shape, can create a soul path, a life path in incredible ways. And what is it about us where we are touched as she has been to what she discovered and how she discovered it? Undocumented petroglyphs carved on gigantic boulders. Now, I have been able to be envious from afar of what she has done and what she has discovered. And then today we get to take into consideration and get to be honored with her on the show today in a tremendous book that she put together. And as I think about this book, I want to make sure that everybody here is going to be able to get a copy of it out of the gate. You know, when we look at petroglyphs, and now you're going to hear, what are these petroglyphs of? Where are they from? What is the legacy of Lemuria? Yeah, that too. And I want to give this to you all out there. Please give us a call if you want to chat, if you've got questions. I love that the book has actual pictures. Hello. But that's not the only place you can find information about her and what she does. And I, I'm imagining what it was like for her. I believe it is her feet maybe in one of the pictures where she's actually standing on this boulder. And I can't even imagine what the energetic blueprint of that must feel like. But how about a runway? How about some of the things you've heard me talk about previously? How about having a life's path such as hers, which has led her to a place beyond imagination. And now we all get to be part of this, including the elephant stone. I can't even talk about that yet, but I just did. But we now get to be part of this and we get to share this and we get to see it. 
and we get to know her and get to know her why. Carol, thank you for today. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Dr. Pat. It's, it's an honor to be here. Um, I think Benny and Jacob and probably Lydia now are probably tired of me talking about my fascination. You know, I, I think I was, I was joking. Somebody asked me, Hey, we hear you talk about like, you don't watch television, but you watch certain things. I said, yes. When you turn my TV on, you go right to the, uh, uh history channel. Uh, and you go there because of some of the most amazing things people have discovered. I want to ask you this question. I want to start out on a personal note, if we could. Mm -hmm. I can't even imagine what it was like to be you, to have your heart opened with the discovery. And as you say in the book, right at the top, in honor of the divine feminine, welcome home. What was it, Carol, that touched you? What was it that you can remember changed you, shifted you to give you the knowing and awareness that here I am, this is going to be my life's path. Well, that's a, that's quite a question. <laughs> I, I don't it, want to fool around. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I hear you. Well, I mean, in that there are so many facets to that whole experience leading me to the, you know, the, the most dramatic and, uh, the, the clincher on my path, so to speak, was finding the Petroglyphs. And prior to that, even being sent to Micronesia and to Pompeii Island in the Peace Corps was, I had no choice in that. I was assigned. I was assigned to the district near Namadal and the Petroglyphs. And, and back then, you know, I was just stunned by Namadal and got involved with that site. And and it was a slow, over time, progression after leaving uh, Pone Bay Island and the Peace Corps and then coming back, you know, midlife crisis. So I came back to do the Namadal Foundation. And that's when I, when I really started noticing the support I had in the synchronicities, doing this nonprofit, first nonprofit ever in, in, uh, in Pompeii or probably all of Micronesia except for churches. And I, I, I've got the support to keep me there. And then as a result of uh, moving back in 1990, I was, you know, when I uh, came across this uh, undiscovered portion of the known petroglyph site, it was, I mean, I was, it was just hard to describe, very humbling, very, uh, you know, what a gift to be, to stumble across these and how impossible that this field was burned off due to a drought, which never happens on Pompeii. It gets, you know, 400 and some inches of rain a year. And so it was, uh, when we came across them, it was, I was just stunned. I was walking around in an altered state and just, and I didn't at that time totally grasp the what the this site would mean to me in the future. I mean, I already knew I was addicted to Namadal and doing the foundation and trying to protect help protect the site. Um, but I had no idea this was in store, which is in many ways uh 
way more significant and more motivating for me to pursue this. You know, that's why I ask you the question, because you see, that's there's one thing to read a book, right? But there's mm -hmm. another thing to really just feel and lean into your energy, right? I love that Barbara Hanclaw participated in a part of this book, because when I step back after reading the book and then going back again, it is very clear to me, the divine feminine, Mother Earth, is opening up ways for us to better understand herself. Exactly. Right? Did I get that? I was just going to ask you, did I get oh, no. that? <laughs> and that's, you know, and, you know, these bits and pieces, I mean, this understanding the mother culture, mother earth, and, and why it's so important now uh, was, you know, after time went by seeing the big picture and knowing that, you know, I have a skill set that I could do this, whereas uh, it was an unusual combination. And about Barbara Han Clow, yeah. that she connecting with her was also a miracle. Yeah. And back when I was living in Port Townsend, I <laughs> I love Port Townsend, boy. Oh, I know, and I miss it, and I miss the water. <laughs> <laughs> I love Ecuador. I love the Andes, but uh, it's all good. It's all good. Uh, well. I want to, I want people to know, first of all, and I'm going to do this throughout the show, just so you know, um, Carol, I want people to know what the book is we're talking about, where they can get it and how they can find out more. Because first of all, thank you for putting the pictures you put in here. Thank you for including symbols. So I'm going to ask you a number of times, tell people, how do we get the book? Tell them about the book. And tell them how we can find out more about what you and I are talking about here so they can see it for themselves. Okay, well, getting the book is easy. Uh, the uh, publisher is innertraditions.com, yeah. and that's uh, you can purchase it there or on any of the booksellers, you know, the big ones, Simon yeah. Schuster, Amazon, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so it's widely available to order online. And as far as I, since I'm in Ecuador, uh, the book, I'm assuming it's in major bookstores yes. by now. And I just, I, I can't say which ones and where and so forth. They can but, Google it. So let's yeah, tell them yeah. the full name of the book and let them Google away. Okay. The name of the book is The Petroglyphs of Mu, Ponpei, Nanmadal and the legacy of Lemuria. See, I didn't even need to look at the book cover to know I wanted to talk to you about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, I want to talk to you about a thread that goes throughout here. Um, and, and, and I want you to, you know, I, I would love to hear your thoughts on it. Okay. Um, I, I'm a kid, grew up in New York. I'm on a path that I never thought I'd be on. I do, I own a network. I do shows. We feature hosts of things I never thought would even, I didn't even know anything. But mm -hmm. here's what I'm looking at today as I look back and I look ahead. I am fascinated, not just by what you're talking about in the book and what you discovered, but I'm now talking about the bridge between this amazing book you wrote, all of the things we learned from past, 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 right? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, even 
social, you mentioned social scientists like Rian, Rian Eisler, but so many people, Dr. Andrea Sarian was one of my mentors. So here's mm. the question though. I am stunned, shocked, and pleasantly surprised that our pop culture, for lack of a better word, via Hollywood, via Bollywood, mm-hmm. are putting out movies that are talking about goddesses, great goddesses, goddesses ruling, goddesses of earth, goddesses as a metaphor. God- I mean, I have never seen such an implosion to create such an explosion of consciousness around this. If, do, do you think I'm like exaggerating a little bit or are you seeing a little bit of it? Oh, absolutely. As things come to, as the patriarchy is, you know, in this last throes, I believe, yes, this is finally coming forth. And it's, and my uh, part of, you know, my purpose on this book is twofold, of course, to explain the, the how this site, to me, is evidence of the mother culture, the goddess culture, and, uh, and also then to share, you know, the, the specific, uh, I mean, the petroglyphs and evidence. But as you probably noticed reading the book, I specifically wrote it in such a way to, which was really important to me. I was, I wanted to tell my personal story and narrative of over the years, how I've, I've found myself at this site and this whole experience in a uh, in a personal nature, in a narrative, subjective way. But I also wanted to balance it with the credibility of the facts and figures and the photos and the, the oral histories and the archaeology, et cetera. And so each chapter, the chapters alternate between right and left brain. And my intent was to demonstrate in this world how there can be a balance. I mean, it's been certainly uh out of balance for a while but but the solution isn't the 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 goddess the feminine dominating you know that those cultures at the highest it was a balanced and there was not a dominator and so i'm trying to demonstrate this by the actual structure of the the book form follows function kind of thing well i look you have done that and that's what i love i mean i don't know if you listened to any part of the last hour but what i'm so fascinated by which once was a little taboo, Carol. Let's just talk about this a little bit, you know, woman to woman for a minute. Um, Once upon a time when publishers got books, right? And this is actually not too long ago. I don't even want to go into the the dark side of publishing. But Mm -hmm. once upon a time, there was criteria. And especially for female authors, for women authors, right? And one of the baselines or blowback that came from it is, you know, all this personal story stuff that you're telling and uh, nobody wants to read that, right? And remember that? Remember that day? But that generally was true of women in general. Mm -hmm. Now, the books that people want to read are books like yours. So when you get to like sub chapters called schmoozing in paradise, or you go through and you're looking at what some of the discoveries were or you're showing pictures and you're looking at yourself and you're i mean 
and you're telling your story and you're sharing your own personal transformation with people, right? I mean, and then you're using language in your book that is so putting you right there. I mean, there's just a, the whole deal when you're talking about Ronald and you're going through this and you're saying, he yelled at me. I mean, I'm like right there with you. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, don't yell. <laughs> right? <laughs> but this is the way we want to look at this. Mm -hmm. I want to ask you this question. How did, if I could, it's one thing to be you, Carol. It's one thing to live your life. It's one thing to talk about a sight to behold. But I want to, but I, I do believe when you take all of it and you put it in a bound thing we call a book, it changes you. How did writing this book even change you further? Oh, my goodness. I mean, I couldn't have written the book until I went through some major changes in my, you know, my self-esteem, my self-confidence. And it was a process step by step. And I often I was beating myself up. Well, why haven't I finished? And my friends, you know, I've been talking about this for 10, 20 years and working on it off and on. And and I finally realized, and like you say, now is the time for the goddess to reemerge. So it was about timing, which mm -hmm. was nothing to do me, with me personally, but also right. I, I had to go through those steps to have the confidence. And, and the, yeah. um, because, you know, my fear of being ridiculed about some yeah. of these theories, and that goes back lifetimes, you know, so uh, it, it's, it was easier sitting behind the computer, <laughs> but then when the book came out, that was another, I mean, at first it was just surreal. This is, this is finally in the physical, but yeah. um, it, it was, yes, definitely a process. And I was never, my degrees in fine art and I had a design business. I designed symbols and branding and so forth. I never imagined writing. And however, years ago two or three different times back when i did psychic readings with i mean went to people for psychic i was told two or three times oh well you're a writer and i said no well you will be a writer i'm going i don't think so and sure enough and uh and i really the really exciting part of my personal growth in writing this is when i'm I procrastinate to get there, but once I sit down in front and start writing, then it's so exciting and I feel so, I feel uh, I have a lot of help and it's just flowing and mm -hmm. often from places I'm not even sure, where did this idea come from? And that makes me so happy and oh. uh, that I'm able to have that experience. Oh, my God. And, you know, I, I want to I'm so glad you're joining me for the hour. Right. Because mm -hmm. I, I want to get to some of the things that you talk about. And you point to. I mean, once I finish reading, you know, part parts of the book where you go through and you talk about celestial celestial markers and then mm -hmm. you go on and you go further on and you take us on this little story. It's like a story. And then mm -hmm. you talk about the mega finale. I was very surprised. And you just answered answered this. Hello. Ganesh is in the room all the time with me. Um, but then you come to something that I have been finding myself asking myself as we get ready to launch a network with new technology. Here's what you say. What was going through my mind was, why me? Why should I 
why should I do now? Mm. Right? And you said I was filled with the heaviness of responsibility. Was this secret to be shared or protected? Now that to me, and thank you for sharing what the heck was going on with you in your heart and otherwise, right? Because what you're sharing is, is it a moral dilemma? Is it an ethical dilemma? Is it a science? Is it a scientific dilemma? Is it a spiritual energetic dilemma? And when I step back and I read the rest of the book, you know, I read your book twice. First time I go through it very uh, quickly because mm -hmm. I have a, a little learning disability that allows me to do that. And then I go back and I start to look at things. Mm -hmm. I am blown away by what you're approaching. And I'm gonna ask you a generalized question. Did you come, this is, this is gonna be a tough question because I don't know that I'm gonna, I think I'm putting you on the spot. Did <laughs> okay. You come, okay. Did you come to a general conclusion for us to create a better world and a better planet from this? And there are things that I could point to in the book that had me come up with that question, different stories, uh, uh, different ways things were revealed to you. I was so struck. There was one image where you were looking at, you were, uh, uh, you were the wing disc, the wing disc stone. Mm. I was looking at the wing disc stone and I was saying like, okay, that's over there, but wait a minute. She outlined something for clarity that came to her that only Carol could see, I think, right? So I just like these messages were given to you. And that's my question. You know, is there over, is there this overarching message that we absolutely must get from years of your work discovery? Well, yes. And again, I, I believe that goes back to the, this is the knowledge recorded from the mother culture. Yeah. Time of the goddess, you know, no one else has called this site a fertility or a goddess site until now. And and I think it's, I mean, bottom line, there are a lot of reasons to share the information in the book, but the bottom line is to uh, make people aware of the site even exists and then to document the, the goddess aspect because for to me personally, we have, that's the way out of the dilemma that we have now. We have to go through the, through, we're going through this shift and we, we've lost touch with nature. And that's the, the problem with most, most everything on the planet in my mind, even in religion, we, you know, we've lost touch with mother nature and our connection. And that culture, Mu Lemuria, that was, that was the primary uh, focus. I mean, that was sacrosanct and you just didn't miss with, mess with the land, you didn't mess with nature. And we're about to destroy our planet. So this is hugely, uh, well, it's our survival. And, and not only the connection with nature, but those co ancient cultures knew, understood other things about, you know, the, the energetic, the telluric grid system and how to place mm -hmm. the pyramids or whatever, and how, and many believe that though that system was to keep the earth energies in balance so we don't have these, you know, volcanic and seismic events and upheavals and uh, in, I mean, maybe not all, but it just helps, they help to stabilize the planet. So we need to know, in my opinion, 
how to work with this and how, and there are those that do. And certainly the indigenous have never, I mean, maybe they've forgotten some things, but, but they're on it and they understand this. And so that's part of the piece uh, where we can get this information. Uh, look, there's so much I want to talk to you about when we come back <laughs> from break, uh, okay. because, you know, I think we're going to do our best job, Carol, to try to represent in this audio, what you so beautifully represent in the book. Um, and, uh, and, uh, and, you know, every time I do a show like this, I, I can guarantee you, Carol, what's going to happen is I'm going to get an email from a couple of my really close friends. And it's going to start out, yep, we knew you were from another planet, but we still <laughs> are amazed by your fascination with things that a handful of people are experts at. And you're the expert at this, but it doesn't stop those of us that are sitting here from being so absolutely phenomenally interest, interested and grateful that you're giving us another piece of the puzzle. When we come back, we're going to talk with Carol about what are the pieces of the puzzle? You know, what is it that my family knew about our South American, oh my God, do I even say it, roots, that explain why I spend more time looking at Chile, Peru, Brazil, mm. have all of my life and never really understood that. But what did my grandfather embed in us as young children and kept as a family secret for years? Why, when we look at these rocks and these images, why do some of us feel like, can that be true? Is that right? Look at the map, look at what Carol did and understand there's a heart connection as well as the science. When we come back, we're gonna talk about what are some of these beautiful, beautiful messages? Some of the glyphs. I want to get from Carol what her top five are. Maybe her top three. Let's, <laughs> okay. name, Betty. <laughs> Let's get your top three. Like we, we're going to see if your top three is kind of like uh, what we're leaning to. Let's take a short break, Benny Jacob. Okay. And we'll be right back with that and much more. Power up with Dr. Pat at a new time. The Dr. Pat Show is still bringing you talk radio to thrive by now at a new time. Listen and watch live on KKNW and the Transformation Network Mondays and Wednesdays at 7 a.m. Pacific time. Stay tuned for new perspectives, powerful conversations, and epic transformation. For more information on how and where to find Dr. Pat and the rest of the Transformation Network hosts, visit thedrpatshow.com. Tune into The Dr. Diane Show, where we explore revolutionary expansion of mind, body, and soul every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. I bring over 20 years of expertise as a mindset warrior, perspective shifter, and unshakable optimist dedicated to helping you reach your wildest dreams in business, health, performance, and relationships. Join the discussion on the show. Learn more about me, Dr. Diane, and receive a free digital copy of my magazine at naturalnutmeg.com. There isn't a magic pill to creating your healthy lifestyle, yet it doesn't have to be hard or feel impossible. Health works from the inside out, connecting both your body and your mind. Georgette LePage lives and breathes what she teaches, so allow her to be living proof of what can work for you. Connect with her now for a free 30-minute discovery session to see what results you are looking for and how she can help you get them. Visit GeorgetteLePage.com. Are you struggling with truly being happy in life? 
Do you often question who you really are? I'm Tracy Lynn Wallace, a self-love mentor and life coach who can help you identify and access subconscious blocks to move you into a place of freedom, success, and happiness. Visit inspiredwisdomcoaching.com to sign up for my VIP list and get updates on my exclusive workshops so you can awaken your magic within. That's inspiredwisdomcoaching.com. Tired of not losing the weight? You need a healthy solution for weight loss that protects your muscle mass as the fat burns away naturally. Holistic Medical Center has the healthy option for your weight loss concerns. Lose one to three pounds per day in 21 days naturally under our physician supervision. Call Holistic Medical Center 425-451-0404 or on the web drdarvish.com, D-R-D-A-R-V-I-S-H.com. Wow. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. And I just want to tell you all um, that as of this Friday at 11 o'clock, it will be our last show at this time spot. But don't fear. On Monday morning, we will be at 7 a.m. right here where you can always find us on the Transformation Transformation Talk Radio and on KKNW AMLFM. Um, Carol, I, I, I don't want to jump into kind of the second part of the conversation Without you sharing, again, how do we find you? How do we find a copy of the book? By the way, the book for you is The Petroglyphs of New. Uh, and Carol Carol Nervig is joining me here today. C-A-R-O-L-E, for those of you trying to Google it. Um, and then you also have a Facebook page, too, that they could find you on, right? Yes, I do. And the Facebook page is the name of the book, The Petroglyphs of Moo. Yeah. And uh, I don't have a website yet. I'm working on my second book. So okay. <laughs> taking a uh, backseat. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, just go over there. Uh, and when you get over there, you'll be able to see what, what we're talking about. You'll see some of the imagery we're talking about. You'll see some of the pictures. You're going to have some fun over there. You'll see the cover of the book. You can see the show that we posted today. But then you're also going to see some other beautiful images. I mean, if you think you have seen the Egyptian winged uh, scarab, take a look <laughs> at what's over there. Just take a look at some of these symbols and think to yourself, what did these people know? And that's really where I want to go with the book. Because one of the things I said to you, I gave you kind of, Benny, I think is a little amazed that I gave you like a heads up. But there are so many things in the book we can talk about. I just want to know, when you think about this, what's at the top of your list? Well, that's a really good question. And it's there's so many things, of course. Yeah. But I must, I guess my favorite, so to speak, are to me the most profound of the petroglyphs, uh, difficult choice, is the half of the wing sun disk. I mean, this is totally out of place for the Pacific uh, Islands. And well, many of these petroglyphs are so kind of technical and sophisticated and totally different than, you know, the Hawaiian stick figure, which are beautiful stick figure motifs and so forth. So this is just at another level. So this wing, it's, you know, when I saw this, it's, I did recognize, recognize the wing disc you know, motif from all my sacred sites and ancient, you know, all my research. And so uh, it's this, the, the disc, it's a double circle and it's got 12 segments in it. Well, 
this is like the zodiac or the, I mean, that's classical archetypical symbol in itself. And then, and there was only one side to the wing. There wasn't a, it was just one sided on the right side. There's a wing that goes up, kind of has an elbow and then comes down again. And so uh, unmistakably, you know, a wing shape, whether it was actually a, a wing of some sort, but, and then within the wing are these 90 degree angles uh, throughout the whole, in the middle of the, the wing on most, on full wing. And when I saw that, it just hit me that this thing, this, in my opinion, is a map. And these 90 degree angles are the interdimensional turns in interdimensional travel that one must take. And, and the circle part is maybe may kind of a you are here thing, or this is how we got here, or who knows. But I, I, I just got a strong sense of it being a map in addition to that, you know, classic uh, winged yeah. symbol, which we all know goes that way, you know, that's a universal symbol from way back. So yeah. I guess that would have to end. There are more, oh, I wish I had more photographs. <laughs> you know, I, I went, I did a GoFundMe campaign in 2018 to go back to Pompeii from Ecuador and to get more photos that I was, I was, staying there a month I thought for sure I'd be able to well when I get back the site is completely overgrown completely really and yes oh you can't wow. see anything now you cannot see anything now and uh I talked to the historic preservation and the governor and the king and the king who is my student in the Peace Corps my English student but anyway none of those none of them had ever seen these glyphs in this site before None of them. And uh, anyway, it was not, I mean, I don't know. I mean, there's politics and now Namadal is taking everyone's attention, but I couldn't get, a, the, I didn't have the funding to get a crew and take a couple dozen guys out there with machetes and take who knows how long. So I only found the largest one. So that was a huge disappointment. Uh, I did find one other petroglyph rock at that time, but Anyway, uh, so, you know, you asked for my, my favorites. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so I'm just saying there's, who knows how many more exactly. and underneath exactly. the rocks, the boulders and so forth. And uh, so uh, another favorite of mine, this kind of not the appropriate word, but it's a, a, a large stone and it in the in the center of it it has like a, a basin and the basin was full of water well this is in the middle of that drought and the field was burned out how could there be possibly be water in there and then there were uh lines geometric lines that came up to the edge of the basin and i knew that that's a classic water basin star mirror that's used in many uh, cultures around the world, ancient cultures, because at night you could see the reflection of the stars, oh. and if they moved, you could track them on the lines that come up to this basin. And so that is evidence of, of course, stargazing, and it also links it to these other ancient cultures that had the same uh, mechanism, so to speak. 
Yeah. I mean, I love this because I love the stories. And, you know, this really talks to two things for me. I know you're going to, I, I know there's a going back. In, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, I know there is. There has to be. And there's so many places that are willing to fund things like that. I didn't know this now. You know, whether it mm -hmm. is the History Channel having a conversation with you, who knows what it is. Mm -hmm. But the thing I love is when I think about this and I think about you, you were divinely appointed for this. Otherwise, you wouldn't have been there to begin with. Mm -hmm. These would not have been revealed to you originally. They wouldn't have stayed revealed to, for, for, to you for as long as they have. And then all of the things that have now lined up, everything from, you know, what did you say, the, the, the king being the, the, your student. <laughs> right. That's what I love about this. I mean, and, and, and you have seen things, and it's clear when you read the book, that you are seeing things that the average person would have not seen. Like the example I gave earlier. I mean, mm -hmm. you're seeing things and making comparisons to things. You know, everything from you know, dragons to whatever it is. But what's mm -hmm. your second discovery? I, I don't want to jump in and tell you what I'm fascinated by. I want to <laughs> say, what, el what else is like this stuck with me too? Well, and, and unfortunately, uh, when I went back, I couldn't find the, the stone with the stars or the birds on it. As I recall, when we came across, and you know, I was just in stunned. I was in an all, in you know, all to sink in and remember. And I, I have a photograph of two of the stars. I'm, unless my memory fails me, I believe there are seven stars. Well, we all know what that is, the Pleiades, and that is also very linked into the goddess and the feminine and the extra terrestrial or dimensional quality of the site uh, and. Uh, I would like to prove that, <laughs> another reason to go back. And then the whole, uh, I mean, the site itself, I mean, those stones on the cover of the book, these are huge megaliths. It looks, they look tiny, but, you know, when a human is standing next to the largest, it comes maybe, you know, an eighth of the way up on, on these stones. So I believe there's some kind of stone circle or configuration there. And uh, and then these gigantic, uh, the gigantic phallic stone, and I'm calling it that. Uh, and because there's no, you know, there's nothing in Pompeii oral history that explains this site. There are there's a legend about how it was created by these two, these two brothers from the adjacent kitty district and they stole a blanket and they took it to this site and they threw it down on the ground and it became the petroglyphs and so and then these and this is what's important about this legend and then these two brothers disappeared inside of this huge rock outcrop that has petroglyphs on it and they disappeared never to be seen again they went through in the legend says they went through the doorway Duh. So, <laughs> me, yeah. Uh, I mean, the site is part of a portal or the portal or the portal complex between, you know, the site, Namadal, and the city under the water next to Nam near Namadal, deep under the water, which was Namadal to me was not 
part of Mu per se, maybe some of its legacy, but the real city of Mu is under the water there and it yet to be found, but it's named in legends. And so the thing, it, but going back to these, the petroglyph site, it's older, way older than Namadal in my opinion, because these glyphs, nobody, the family living there, they know there's some glyphs on these boulders, but they have no idea who made them. Someone from the outside uh, bearing stories, and they have no idea what they mean, the, the meaning of the glyphs or the meaning of the site. So that tells me, it, and, and, and Pompeians are great oral historians, all Pacific Islanders, you know, they go back generations and it's an art form. And for them not to know what these, what this site was for and what these petroglyphs mean is uh, very telling. Yeah. And the reason I, I wanted you to share that because I, and I think you also really are, are tapping into this. Not every pyramid, petroglyph, symbol, even some that we're discovering that are so, so very old, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we can guess at like what the, I, I watched a show the other day about Chile and, you know, Chile, people don't know this, but Chile is the country that has had the most we're calling them UFOs, but they're not, right. Mm -hmm. Has had the most ever anywhere. Finland has a city that has the most city ever. But why? Mm -hmm. And how are we seeing this? We're seeing these glyphs, but in some cases they're monoliths like you're describing in mm -hmm. the book. Mm -hmm. And we don't know. So it's fascinating to watch people get together on a TV show and tell you what they think it is. <laughs> right? Right. Right? Right. right, right, like this one giant one, you know, clearly looks like a helmet. But mm -hmm. I love that when I look at what you're doing, I love that we don't have all the information. However, it doesn't stop us from putting the pieces together. It didn't stop you, Carol. Well, and throughout the book, I often say, well, it could be this, it could be that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, who knows? And it could be all of the above. And plus petroglyph sites, classically, they're, they're, those petroglyphs are carved over millennia. You know, the concept of a site upon a site will totally, it, and most petroglyph sites are the, the places where there are shamanic rituals and, and interdimensional journeying and that sort of thing, classically. And so I have no doubt that that was part of, uh, the, the function of this place. Um, and speaking of the, uh, yes, I'd love to go back. And, and now with LIDAR, I mean, the jungle has been, last time I lived there, they, they did have small planes and I got, and I have photo, aerial photographs of the site, but all you tr see are trees. So that was useless. And there's no helicopters even today, I don't believe on the island. And so, but with LIDAR and some of these other amazing technologies, especially dating petroglyphs by the soil underneath the rocks or something, I'm, I'm no expert, but that's, I mean, I, one of the motivations for writing the book is to get those kind of people interested, <laughs> get some funding and the professionals that can do this sort of thing, because I think there's much, much more to be found there. Yeah, I love that you're talking about this because clearly there are a lot of things that, you know, your book talks about. And yes, 
everything in your book does warrant a further investigation. And don't you love the science? I mean, don't you love that we can take an aerial view of a site now? Mm-hmm. And whatever we're doing with that aerial view, it almost has like x-ray vision, for lack of my knowledge. Exactly. And they're looking and saying, wait a minute, that's what's on the surface, but look, mm-hmm. look at what's underneath that. Isn't that phenomenal? I mean, if I'm you and I'm in the field you're in, are you like jumping up and down? <laughs> well, t- to be sure. And there hasn't been... I mean, there has, they finally, a couple of years ago, although on TV, it's like somebody claims it as their discovery, uh, uh, two, three years ago, and I had it in my files, they did a LIDAR of Namadal and the ad- adjacent natural island. And there wasn't a whole lot to be seen at Namadal, but the adjacent island had all this terracine and all this, I mean, it was amazing. And I, I just... Uh, I think the interesting part, what around Namadal is what's under the water there, not so, I mean, deep and away from the site somewhat. But uh, yes, and also that's why I want a submarine. <laughs> Carol. Yes. Here's my question. I want you to look ahead. What are you most, what gets you fired up now when you look ahead and you say, Man, if I had, if I had like my genie out of the bottle mm-hmm. that could grant me three wishes so that I could further the message from the great goddess to Mother Earth, what would be the three wishes? <laughs> okay. Well, uh, the first one, which is actually pretty attained, it's very attainable and that is to complete this work i have to finish i'm doing my next book will be namadal revealed specifically about namadal and what i have what it's going to focus on is the sacred geometry of the site because that has not been touched and after living there and knowing all of the the other accompanying sites so that is, that's my number one, number one on my list. And uh, that was originally going to be in this book, but the publisher, no, you need to do two books. So it was wise. It was wise. And so that, uh, you know, my goal is to have that finished by the end of the year. And there are few less, few, far fewer photographs. So that should be easier. And then, um, oh, well, of course, going back to Pompeii with funding, with technical, you know, I yeah. only act as a, a guide or a consultant. I mean, I'm not a professional archaeologist by any means. So, but I know where where everything is. And so uh, that, of course, would be uh, my next dream. And and it's not, you know, it's, it's not a, a pleasant spot to visit, really hot and humid, but yeah. I have... <laughs> I have the opportunity and then uh well uh the I guess it would be I'm really uh also interested in how these sites 
And uh, Pompeii and Nam et al. is already recognized in many ways in being in various planetary grid systems. And so to have the technology or a genie or a, a young tech whiz that could do all this, uh, you know, on the computer with uh, uh, with the geodesic tracking and and the the ability, the technical ability to to map this out. Because I have I've done some mapping of the the energetic grid both on uh, on the Big Island. I lived there twenty years, and the first uh, grid map of, of Pompeii island was done by terry ross who's now deceased but he was a famous uh he was like the president of the american dowsing society and uh, he, uh long story but he 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 drew on the map of ponte where the where the grid lines were and uh and he could do that remotely anyway that's another story but wow. um Wow. Yeah. So, and then also just to see more of South America, I'm here living in South America and I've been, yeah, <laughs> I've just been writing. <laughs> so, uh, because South America is here, I mean, it's, you know, it was right next to Mu, Lemuria, and there are, you know, all the oral histories of, you know, the migrations after the sunken land of the Pacific and coming, going east to, well, all directions, but to the south, you know, the western coast of South America is is uh, just uh, full of evidence. Oh, and, my God. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, I mean, that's what I was referring to when I was talking about Chile. You uh -huh. know, uh, I mean, there's so much that we're now discovering, right? And it, it's coming to us in bits and pieces. And that's why I was so fascinated by what you wrote in your book because it's another piece to the puzzle. And I, I don't really quite understand how the funding is not available because it is a piece of the puzzle that would certainly fill in some gaps for a lot of other people, a lot of archeologists, right? You know what I'm saying? And, you know, to okay. be able to go back and to, with permission, of course, cause you know, we've got to be very mindful of the land these days, right? But oh, to sure. go back and be able to, work to discover to reveal right i mean what is this some of the words i'm looking for here uh to be able to show uh people what is there and to have them really tap into it from both a heartfelt way and an energetic way and that's my last question to you we haven't talked about the energy grid mm -hmm. and i'm not talking about like the, your utility company Yes, I understand. What I'm talking about. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, how would you, from your perspective, how would you describe energetically what's there? Well, the best way to describe it is contrasting the Pompeii Petroglyph site with Nan Badal. Uh, Nan Badal, you know, you go there and it's very impressive, but it is intense and it is heavy, in my opinion, what I felt. And, you know, it's not, it's, it's a patriarchy site. And mm -hmm. to contrast it with uh, the, the Pompeii area, it's very uh, freeing and opening. And, you know, these stones, these stones are like alive and they're in nature. You know, you have that connection there and not so much at Namadal for me. And I spent a lot of time at Namadal. However, and the third place, 
Kanimoiso is the city of Mu that sunk under the ocean there. And yeah. I, I don't know what that's like, but what I one time when I was scuba diving near Namadal, <clears throat> I had an <clears throat> uh, the group went ahead and I was back there and I wasn't all that deep, uh, maybe 70 feet or something. But all of a sudden I was there and I wasn't there. And it was like I kept swimming, but and and then the Lord's Prayer, you know, I'm not, <laughs> that's not typical of me to be in my mind repeating the Lord's Prayer over and over and over again. And I don't know how much time passed, but then I think someone came to get me and I was back in my body. And so for me, that's, you know, there's some kind of interdimensional portal doorway in that area. And mm -hmm. That's my personal experience. With oh, that. my God. I love it. Carol, we could go on and on and on, but <laughs> we I, could. <laughs> I want to make absolutely sure the people that are listening to this, they can absolutely find out from you uh, how they get the book and find out and keep up with you and support what you're doing. How do they do that? Well, actually, probably the best way would be my the uh, Facebook page, the Petroglyphs of Moo. And uh, my uh, name is there, I mean, by messaging me there, and I'm sorry I don't have a, a, an official website to send someone to. Oh, that's okay. Um, they'll get you um, they'll get you right there on the Facebook. Yes, they will. Good. Um, look, one last question. What's your personal message? What would you like to leave us with today? It's our connection with, if anything, if this book or my work can help people to realize how important it is to connect with nature and understand it and read it and feel it, mm -hmm. and, it and, and interpret it. And I guess that would be uh, the most important thing I would have to say. I love it. Carol, thank you so much for everything you're doing. We're going to hold the space for you to take that trip back there and finish what you started. Oh, thank uh, you. Yep. We're going to know that, you know, whatever the funding is that you need, whatever the team you need to put in place is already there. Whatever it is that the universe can provide you with to have you go back and honor cultures, honor the mystery, and to inform the rest of us on one more piece of the puzzle, piece of the puzzle. We're going to absolutely hold that space for you. Thank you so much for today. And thank you, Pat, for this wonderful opportunity. I so appreciate it. Oh, my gosh. So much here and so much more. Uh, thank you all for <laughs> tuning us in. So much more. Thank you all for tuning us in and turning us on. Thank you, Benny. Thank you, Jacob. Thanks to Carol. And especially thanks to all of you. We will see you next time.